0: Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed.
1: Easter this weekend, and uh, with that, people talking about candy. Adults say they actually get a, a tad jealous of some of the candy hauls their kids get in the nice baskets filled with all sorts of treats. Right. And it turns out, I guess, um, adults claim that they they're eating more candy now than they than they did even as kids. Now, I I don't think that's probably true, but I will say my candy consumption has gone way up in the last decade or so. <laughs> I don't think I ate a lot of it, or maybe I don't remember eating a lot of it. Or, like, going out... I'm sure I ate, like, the kids' Halloween stuff, but, like, going out and actually buying myself chocolate bars and stuff, I don't remember doing a lot of that, but I know I do it now. Right, right. yeah,
0: I, I'll agree with that. There's probably a time... Uh, In your teen years when acne was an issue, Mm. where you kind of got off the chocolate for a while. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Back in it, now that I don't care, back in it in a big way.
1: Isn't it interesting, too, when you bring up acne in teen years, why, and it's a good thing, certainly, but boy, you don't see nearly as much of it on kids as I, like, I remember in high school, you look through my yearbook, everybody was a pizza. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, we all were just breaking out. Maybe it was the long hair and the, you know, maybe maybe kids are more uh, hygienic these days, Could perhaps. be.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't I, I really looked closely on high school's.
1: Well, I hang around them a lot. You know. But, like, even my boys, they went through it. Daniel got the odd pimple here and there. Uh Uh-huh. And I remember David, the odd one. But, like, I just remember me. It was was really bad.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But, you know, back to the chocolate, I... I...
1: No, let's talk more about the acting. Did you break out a lot? uh, Uh, I did, yeah, yeah. as a
0: teenager. But then, yeah, I, I laid off for a while. But now when the kids have... You know, chocolate and it's, it's interesting. Like things like, like Easter and and Halloween. You know, it's ironic that they're kind of split halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we, you know, got through the Easter candy and went, "Wow, we need something to get through our fix here." <laughs> I gotta get. <laughs> I got a long way to go. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, maybe we better drum up some holiday where we're giving out more candy to steal.
1: And, and you're a man who, who uh, comes from the church. Can you explain the Easter and the Lord and the bunny and how right. this I just all eat came the to be? Right, guys. That's, right. You know, I just thought maybe in some of your Sunday school classes, when just...
0: gifts come from the heavens in the form of chocolate and chocolate bar. I guess it's a miracle. <laughs> what am I going to do? Question it? It's a gift from no, God. Eat the damn chocolate. Shut up.
1: <laughs> You're sinning. You're sinning. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, we seem to really dig the chocolate. And they say that uh, the average person discovers their favorite candy at age 11. I, I just know, I don't know, I don't remember what my favorite candy was. Maybe the uh, Popeye cigarettes I wanted to oh, seem cool. Oh, those are good. Those are good. But I, I, I'm pretty sure it must have been an O. Henry because to this day. They're on my go-to favorites. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know if I de- developed a favorite
0: at age 11, because that's changed now, too. Like, I I, I go for whatever the hell bar is there. Yeah. I still have a Kit Kat, which I think I liked back then.
1: Kit Kats are always good. I was in, uh, I can't remember what grocery store I was in, but they had, like, these extra thick, bigger uh, cookies and cream, the Hershey okay. for, like, two bucks. Oh, I killed a couple of those <laughs> in bed. <laughs> in bed. Why? In Maria? bed. Reacting because I'm watching TV. <laughs> Maria actually gets, and I always am very careful to cover up the evidence, you know. Maria gets in bed a couple of days ago, and she finds the corner of the wrapper. <laughs> on her. I said, and then I opened. She my, knew it wasn't a condom wrapper. No, not, not in years. So then I just look at her very sheepishly, and I I open my drawer, and my and there's half an eaten chocolate bar wrapped up. <laughs>
2: guilty, guilty.
1: Yeah, we had a good giggle over that. And I said, don't touch my chocolate. Um, parents, this is serious. Animal advocates would like you to really listen to this. Do not buy your kids a real live rabbit for Easter. I know it seems cute. It's like a puppy. Oh. It's like a puppy in a box at Christmas. I know right. it all seems. Is that a thing, Bunnies at Easter? I, I, you know, I think I remember like my sister getting one uh, from somebody at Easter years ago. Um, Oh, that's a bold play. Yeah. Yeah, like (laughs) maybe this home with Like an ant or somebody gave it to us. But the thing with a rabbit is that it's uh, very much like dogs and cats, they say, in that it needs to be spayed or neutered. And one of the reasons why is because if they're not, they become aggressive. They get horny, and they get aggressive, and they will bite your child. Oh. Yes. So that costs dough. And I think with rabbits, much like puppies, when they're young and cute, they're cuddly. They're rabbits, you know. Yes. All, we just know them to be bunnies and cute and cuddly. But as they get bigger, they lose some of that cuteness, and I think with that, kids lose interest. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: And then you're trying to find a, a home for it and yeah. throw carrots out in the garden.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the
0: back grass.
1: And here's something I didn't realize because uh, I, I don't, I'm. I guess I just thought they were uh like a, a wild animal. But if, if you bring in a bunny and you raise it as a pet, they're they're living on like pet food you've bought for them at the store and they yeah. haven't had to hunt for their own uh-huh. and they'd be lost. They have no survival skills. Right. If you if you just said, Well, we've abandoned this thing, it we've had any animal
0: you did that too. I mean, so some will eventually yeah. turn back and revert back into those survival skills, but
1: I think dogs, like I always just assumed, yeah, a dog would never know what to do. It would just sit there panting at the back door. But yeah. I thought maybe cats maybe had more of an instinct to, to figure it out in the Could wild. Could but there are house cats. But yeah. But we had house cats, and even, well, uh, they were in and out cats. Yeah. But they would hunt and kill mice all the time. Yeah. Whereas dogs don't. They just bark at things, and then right. the things run faster than them. But I, yeah, so if you have a bunny, if you get one, and then you go, eh, we're done with this don't just toss it outside and let it hop away because chances are a big bird's taking it for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Easter kids! (laughs) Dr. Moore back from vacation. And once again, Doug Ford finds himself in a situation much like he did under, uh, was it uh, Rob... was Rod Phillips, Rod Ajax
0: MPP. Yeah. A little
1: different in that back then when Rod Phillips went down to St. Bart's or wherever he was for Christmas and he was posing at home in front of a fake fireplace and such, <laughs> pretending he was still in Pickering. Um, back then, of course, there was like a complete ban on going anywhere, and yet he took off on this vacation. Now you can travel. You can do these things. But again, the optics look very bad when Ford and others try to be vague about, you know, well, he's been working and he's been very busy, but he was on vacation. Why they can't just come out and admit that? I do not know. Well,
0: yeah, well, and and you know, and looking at the reaction from people online, some are saying, you know, listen, he, he's, people are entitled to their vacations yeah. um, and have taken them throughout this pandemic. Um, yes, you know, there are a lot in the healthcare industry that are uh, overworked and tired and haven't been able to take a vacation throughout this. Mm-hmm. and would, would like to, um, and I think. You know, the opposition have handled this pretty well in that they haven't begrudged the the vacation part of it. Mm. It's more that, you know, Doug Ford, and this is where he puts his foot in his mouth all the time, the the simple folk kind of talk, mm-hmm. right, that he likes to bring around. Folks, we're just friends. And, 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 you know, Dr. Moore, the doctor works very hard. He works 24-7. Mm-hmm. Nobody works 24-7. <laughs> Might be on call. Right, he might you know, might have uh, an extra staff uh, looking over things. Yeah. Yes, uh, he's probably got a cell phone. But here's the thing. He doesn't work twenty four seven, so mm. to come out and say that, oh no no no, he's working twenty four seven. He's still having meetings with all the other doctors, which some have said, no, I wasn't invited to any online virtual meeting that he had, right, and, right. and and no, he wasn't working twenty four seven. He was on vacation. So that, you know, if you if you are going to say it, just say it. But you keep putting your foot in your mouth when you are trying to explain or over mansplain things yeah. to people.
1: Yeah. And look, again, I agree with you. People can take their vacation when they want. I think uh, I I would have said personally to Dr. Mort, eh, you know, the optics aren't great. Sixth wave you are the head doctor. Can you, can you just hold off till this wave dies down? Right. Like, bad timing to take a vacation. Plus, showing up at the press conference tanned in a Speedo with a Bahama Mama in your hand just kind of rubs people the wrong way. <laughs> the accent didn't help it. Let be, Irie. It's been a tough little run. It's been uh, sad over the last little while for comics. We lost Bob Saget and Norm MacDonald, and now Gilbert Godfrey has passed away. Only 67 years old, died from a form of muscular dystrophy. It's uh, a shame. He uh, is married, had a couple of young kids, 14 and 12. Hmm. So at 67, he didn't get into the uh, the parenting till uh, later in life. It seemed like he was one of those guys who was always just very dedicated to his craft. Right. Uh, I saw a documentary on him a while back, and I was surprised... That he uh, really opened his doors and allowed the cameras and and people in to to see his private life. Because I don't remember ever him, like, sharing anything, you know, about wife and children or family in any of his stand-up. He kept that all pretty quiet. Right.
0: Well, I mean, his his stand-up, for the most part, wasn't really family-oriented.
1: that's true. (laughs) That's true. Um, But he did a ton of things. Probably best known for Aladdin in 1992. Uh, of course, he was the Affleck uh, duck, uh, and he lost that gig in 2011 because of the jokes he made about earthquakes and tsunamis in Japan. And he's always been one of those comics who's adamant that nothing is out of bounds. Yeah, I, I think his last public statement was
0: uh, in support of Chris Rock mm. after the Oscars. He posted something on Instagram. My favorite character might still might be Sidney Bernstein. From uh, the accountant from Beverly Hills Cop,
1: right, <laughs> <laughs> right. I forgot about that. I had something in this hand.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, just that voice. Oh, no, it's just yeah. It was a classic. We talked to him once mm-hmm. as well. He was touring uh, in, in in the GTA, uh, and we had a chance to interview him. We thought, oh, why not? Less? Sure, yeah. And I think if I remember correctly, when we first called, he uh, he had forgotten about it, mm. and he answered the phone. As himself. Right. Right. And we're like, hey, is Gilbert there?" Well, oh, just a second.
1: Hello! <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. that was right. It was terrific. And, and like so many others, he was so great on those, uh, those celebrity roasts. He just crushed people like Bob Saget and Joan Rivers and Hasselhoff and Trump and Roseanne. And he was in other movies, like The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. He was quite good in that. Uh, many, of course, speaking of him, John Stewart saying he'd leave you gasping for breath. Just an indescribably, unusually hilarious. And I think he was one of those guys where it took me a while to warm up to him. Yeah. Maybe I didn't get the shtick at first. And, you know, many, he's one of those comics, definitely, that either loved him or couldn't stand him. Right. Uh, of course, after I saw him in the Aristocrats, I was immediately a fan. I think, I think
0: part of the allure of Gilbert Gottfried is is that voice. Mm. And and while some found it you know tough to listen to or annoying or whatever it may be, he used that voice to say things that people wouldn't say in a normal voice, right? Right, and yeah. and he shocked you. That way. Yeah. Um, and it was shockingly funny <laughs> for most of the time.
1: I think, you know, it's it's funny, too, and this might just show his genius, because he did something completely different. Like, if you could only imagine, I would think, other stand-ups in the, in the comedy clubs when he was first getting going. He'd get up on stage and pull that voice in, like Bobcat Goldthwaite. Yeah. You know, that... That over the top, and, and you just look at him and go, why are you doing that? Like, whatever possessed you to look in the mirror and say, I'm going to go on stage for an hour and talk like that. Yeah. Well, and,
0: and uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. Same way. Doesn't talk like that normal. No.
1: No, he was such a, a talented guy. If you've never seen The Aristocrats, put the kids to bed and, and watch it. <laughs> uh, we said it a few times, and I now that he's passed, I got to go find it again right. and watch it. Because, oh, my God. God, he was so filthy. It's a joke that comedians have supposedly been telling each other for years where this family goes into a talent agency and they say, we got this act. And then they just go off for long, extended periods of time about all the horrendous, terrible things this, these family members do to each other <laughs> on stage. What's the name of your act? The Aristocrat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he won. He beat out, I think him and uh, Bob Saget, actually were the grossest of all of them and took the longest to tell the joke. Anyhow, we were digging through some uh, Gilbert Gottfried stuff, and there's so much of it out there, but we both thought this one was a classic. Here's a bit when he talks about a a guy, a drunk guy in a bar.
2: A man is in a bar drinking. He gets so drunk that he pukes all over his shirt. And he, he goes up to the bartender and goes, I'm in trouble now. When when my wife finds out I got so drunk, I puke on my shirt. She'll kill me. The bartender says, "Don't worry about it. Look." Here's what you do. You take a $10 bill and put it in your shirt pocket. Then you go home to your wife, say, some other guy got drunk, and he puked on your shirt. And he said, I'm sorry, here's $10 to have it cleaned. And he goes, I'll try that. And he goes back to his wife, and he goes... I was in the bar, a guy puked on my shirt and gave me this $10 here to have it clean. And the wife looks and she goes, he gave me $20. And he goes, oh, I forgot to tell you, he also (laughs) s***ed my pants. (laughs) Rock Mornings with with Craig Craig Venn and and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.
1: If you've ever gone out to uh, buy somebody uh, a Christmas or birthday gift and gone to like Lululemon, you know their stuff isn't cheap. It's all very well made and it lasts a long time, but it's, it's not the cheapest thing at the, uh, at the mall. So Lululemon has decided, uh, and I guess they've been testing this for some time, but they're going to go uh, store wide throughout all of their locations in the very near future where you can uh, save some money. By purchasing a used item that some stranger has already done like 150 yoga lessons in. Wow. It's a resale program for used clothes. And they're going to expand it to all their stores and online. Basically, they're offering to buy back used product in exchange for Lululemon store credit. The money you get varies based on what you turn in and the condition of those items. Expect to only get around 5% of the purchase price. Oh my goodness! So if a hoodie was like two hundred bucks, right? You're not getting much, and then right. they'll turn around and try to sell it for a buck fifty, probably yeah, ten bucks back for that. Yeah, five percent, five percent, around five percent, and it depends, I guess, on the um, the condition that the clothes are in. They're not accepting, of course, swimwear or undergarments. Right. They claim these secondhand items will be thoroughly inspected and cleaned before they're resold. And they'll be graded as either good as new or gently used. Why don't they just, even for goodwill, because I think Lululemon does very well, why don't they take the stuff back as store credits and give it away to homeless yeah, shelters and resell? I mean, if you're going to go and, because I'm sure the markup, if, again, if a hoodie's $200, uh, there's probably still going to try to sell it for like 100
0: Well, and, and I, I would imagine there's probably an online market for that then. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if Lulu's taking it back, if if it's in good enough shape, why wouldn't you just sell it online? You could probably sell it for a heck of a lot more than five bucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyhow, I guess... Yeah,
0: they- I respect the fact that they're not, you know, going to resell undergarments, but <laughs> a lot of those yoga pants have been quite close to private parts for yes. quite some time and not necessarily wearing undergarments under them.
1: No, that's a good point. And a lot of the people doing the yoga are in that hot yoga. Right. right? They're sweating Ugh. pretty good. But they say they're going to be thoroughly inspected and cleaned. I would suggest, fellas, that if what's, you're... What's the thorough inspection? Someone uh, going to do a sniff test on these things? That's somebody's job. <laughs> Somebody had asparagus. <laughs> I can smell the pee. <laughs> um... I would suggest, fellas, because I bought the lovely Maria a hoodie one year for Christmas at Lululemon. I did that once, right? Um, but I would suggest if you're going to go into Lululemon and buy a gift for your significant other, uh, stay away from the used section. Right. Let her. Yeah. <laughs> let her if she decides. She I would. got him at Lulu. You <laughs> can't say anything. It's a hoodie with a mustard stain. <laughs> Look who joins us, Ted Reader for Helinda's Meats. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky.
3: Ted Howard. Good morning, everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, sir. How are you doing, Teddy? I'm doing
3: all right. Yeah. Vertical.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I um, looking at your Instagram uh, account. I just came up with a great idea. Now, of course, you have Helinda's Meats as a, a terrific sponsor, but after seeing this sandwich photo. I think you need a dry cleaner sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> because you make a mess of a lot of clothes with your tasty, tasty eats. And up at the joint, you've been working on sandwiches and all sorts of different goodies. But this sandwich just looks like a tasty mess on a plate and your shirt.
3: Oh, it's it's definitely a shirt killer. <laughs> uh, that sandwich was uh, a grilled chicken burger. And so that was topped with crispy fried uh, chicken fingers that were tossed in a jalapeno cheese sauce oh. and all stacked up uh, on on top of a tasty tasty brioche bun with a little bit of junkyard slaw in there to give you some crisp so the The chicken burgers were done ground chicken as well as what I do is I take a chicken breast and I dice it up. Mm into about quarter-inch dice, and I mix that in with the ground chicken because it'll give you a little bit of texture in your chicken burger. Okay. I threw in some, um, which is kind of fun, is you take uh, cheese strings, mozzarella cheese strings, yeah, and cut them up into small little pieces and fold that into the ground chicken with the diced chicken.
1: Okay, that's kind of a binder, I guess.
3: Well, no, it's just the cheese part. The okay. binder is you throw in, you throw in, depending on how much you have, let's say you've got two pounds of mix, you throw in a couple of tablespoons of cornstarch or potato starch.
1: Okay. All right.
3: And you mix it all together. And so you've got this chicken burger with chunks of chicken in it and pieces and chunks of uh, cheese drink. Form your burgers and then griddle or grill your burgers. Make sure you put them in the fridge and let them rest up for about an hour before you take them out to the grill. And a cold burger from the fridge to the grill. Don't let your burgers sit around before you put them on the grill. Keep them ice cold. And then uh, we crispy fried chicken fingers. We battered and breaded them them with panko breadcrumb, But you can use any kind of chicken finger you want. And then um, nacho cheese sauce. Uh, We made a bechamel and added some of that into it. And lots of roasted jalapenos.
0: Uh, Ted, with with the sauces and the gravies and and the barbecue sauces, you're never at fault for having you know a dry uh, a sandwich. Is that really the biggest no no when it comes to a sandwich? Is it dry?
3: Yeah, you need you need a sandwich to be succulent and juicy, and it should run down your chin. It should get all over your t shirt so that you got to go. Damn, I just ruined a new t shirt. And it it should kind of squish when you take a bite out of it, and there should be lots of texture in there from the crunch of the coleslaw and the crunch of the, of the crispy fried chicken fingers, and then you've got the the tasty grill of the chicken burger. So it's uh, yeah, sandwiches should be moist and juicy. Yeah. You don't want a dry sandwich. What's the point?
1: It's funny, Teddy, that, that Lucky brings that up. And, and certainly I'm one who loves to dump all sorts of condiments on a sandwich. I, I love sandwiches. I don't think there's a food item. I don't think there's a, a sandwich that I would say, ooh, I, I'm not a fan of that. It might be one of my all-time favorite things. But we have this debate in the Venn Ranch because, of course, the lovely Maria is Italian. And she's always adamant that it's got to be a fresh bun, Italian cold cuts, and some provolone cheese. And that's it. She doesn't want tomatoes or mustard or mayonnaise oh really no yes. sauce no
3: sauce you got you got issues going on over there with that I, wife of I, yours i'm I, I, telling you that this is a problem i just say to her, this is you, a situation you
1: make your own sandwich then i say i'm making mine but do you have so for me again uh toast bread is fine i don't care a fresh bun is great but cold cuts and all sorts of toppings and mustard and mayonnaise hot sauce it, it's just the best
3: Oh, it's the best. You layer it up, and it's got multiple, multiple layers and textures. And yeah, it's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. It's okay. My my wife, on the other hand, is uh, her favorite sandwich is salami and mustard, and that's it. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still very good. That's it. Yeah, still yeah, very good. Yeah, it's though. like, uh, and it doesn't matter if the bread is stale or not. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Here you go. What about you, and wife? she only puts mustard on one side of the bread. <laughs>
1: What about lucky? what do you got? What do you like you got a favorite sandwich I, a favorite way to make one? I, I love
0: like uh, either like a like a Philly yeah, okay. uh, sandwich yeah. yeah like I love like roast beef uh, or that like, kind of like a hoagie, yeah. whether it's cheese sauce or gravy mm-hmm. uh, you know for me, like a roast beef with gravy that that really thick cut is
1: awesome. Mm-hmm. Now Ted, with a Philadelphia cheese steak, why do so many restaurants serve it with roast beef and not actual steak?
3: uh sometimes the cost and it depends yeah. on what they're doing um every place is de- different some will take ribeye steaks and uh, like a prime rib boneless and then they freeze that and then they slice it nice and thin so it cooks real quickly on a on a griddle
2: okay.
3: uh it, it's up it's traditionally it's steak of some kind that's done whether it's a sirloin um and and sliced paper paper thin right, and cooked right. real hot and mm. real fast you know we use at the joint we use our smoked brisket and then we hand carve that brisket and that goes into our our silly Philly cheesesteak when we do those as a a special i know that the first sandwich of the season this year will be like uh, a Philly cheesesteak, only we're taking our brisket and we're dipping it into a beer batter and then deep frying it and putting that on top of the Philly cheesesteak.
2: I'll see you there. <laughs> we will be there. Yeah. For sure. With Teddy.
3: your favorite, lucky, a little bit of hickory stick poutine oh, on the side.
1: Done. Beautiful. Oh, All done. right, he's <laughs> dead. The uh, end of April can't come soon enough. Teddy, how can people get a hold of you to talk about employment at the jo- uh, joint? Uh, you're, you're grilling and cooking at The Joint and sandwiches, if they have any requests. How do they get a hold of you?
3: You're going to find me at Ted The Joint or at Ted Grills, both on Instagram.
2: Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 mm-hmm. The Rock.